Hey friends, welcome to the Grace and Gratitude podcast, where it is my heartfelt mission to inspire and encourage moms to be the best they can be for the glory and honor of God. Motherhood is a beautiful, wonderful gift, but it can also be really challenging. I believe with God's grace and an attitude of gratitude, we can find the joy in motherhood that we are called to experience. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey friends, happy almost new year. Oh my goodness, can you believe? Like my eyes are shut and my hand is on my forehead. I'm like in shock thinking about this. Can you believe we are almost in 2022? I seriously, oh, I'm sure everyone feels this way, but I seriously feel like my whole life I've always been like, oh, can you believe it's already this year? Can you believe it's already this year? And it just feels like life just gets faster and faster and faster, which Honestly, I used to like emotionally have a very hard time with that. I didn't even plan on going this direction with this episode at all. But just a quick side note to add that especially once I started having my babies, I like I honestly resented how fast time went by. Like it made me angry, like a sad angry (laughs) how fast it went by. And then one day I just had this big moment of like God telling me, hello, Time is a gift. I get to choose how fast or slow it goes, how much you get of it with whomever and whichever seasons of your life. So for me to sit here and complain that it's going too fast is really, really, really ungrateful to God of the time that he has given me. So it gave me a whole new perspective to just always look at my my kiddos and how darn fast they grow up. And instead of being angry or sad about the time flying by, just absolutely being so grateful for the time that I have had. It's like if you gave your kid a gift and they just complained or, you know, when you take your kids to like fun, some fun excursion and then when it's time to go, they just complain that it's time to go. And it's like, well, goodness, if you're just going to complain that it's time to go, then why did I even bring you? You know, when you get frustrated like that. And that's kind of how it is when we complain about time with God. It's like, oh, God, you made that time with my kid fly by so fast. It's like, okay, well, are you even grateful that you had the time? Because you don't sound like it. So that is the perspective that I've been able to acquire and it has been a game changer. So feeling very grateful for that. But anyways, getting close to 2022, I wanted to make this episode talking about choosing a word of the year instead of, or maybe in addition to whatever feels right for you, instead of New Year's resolutions. So This is something that I heard of a few years ago. I've kind of been in the world of like, you know, social media influencers, like following different influencers, personal development, like all these kind of trendy things. I almost feel like a word of the year is like one of those newer trendy things that like the influencers are talking about. (laughs) And when I heard of it a few years ago, because I've been pretty involved with like different network marketing. So I've been kind of part of that world for a little while now. I did this one network marketing company that I am no longer a part of. I kind of look back with bittersweet feelings that I was so consumed by it. But when I was part of that, I was very involved in that like online world. Now that looks very different for me. I am still affiliated with a completely different one um, that sells essential oils that I'm like super, super passionate and aligned with. And how that looks for me now is so different than how it looked when I was involved with that other one. So anyways, all that to say, this word of the year thing is something maybe relatively new. I feel like it is like maybe the last three or four years. 
And when I first was seeing it, I seriously just felt like, no, that's not for me. And I'm not sure why, maybe because the words people were sharing seemed really like cheesy to me. It would be something like passion or something. And that's not cheesy. Like, that's really cool if that's your word of the year. But when I would read that, I just didn't, I didn't relate to it. And because I couldn't relate to the words I was seeing, I felt like the whole concept of it just wasn't for me. And now I'm going to choose one for the first time ever. And I'm sorry I'm not sharing this episode like a whole week ago because I'm going to share it with you. And now you're only going to have like a couple days to try to pick one if you decide to. Uh, before the actual new year, which is totally fine. If you pick a word of the year one week into the year, like it's no big deal. Time is irrelevant to God, right? So if you're picking this with like that in mind, it seriously doesn't matter. You can pick it whenever. So for me, I decided when I listened to an episode, um, one of my good friends, I should say kind of social media friends because I've never actually met her in person, but it totally feels like I have. Her name is Ashley Latimer. She has an awesome uh, the Maverick Mompreneur podcast that she drops episodes for once a week. If you are a mom who has like an online business or an online business idea, she is absolutely phenomenal for just like helping you get your thoughts aligned with what you want to do and figuring all that out. Super, super, super valuable to go give her a listen. So she had an episode about word of the year, as well as one of my other people that I follow, but I'm not going to like talk about a million different people in one episode. I'll give her a shout out in another episode. <laughs> um, on her word of the year. And it made me feel like, you know, I think the timing is right. I'm going to pick a word of the year and kind of a brief rundown for you on why people are doing word of the year as opposed to resolutions. And this comes from a combination of this um, episode from my friend Ashley Latimer, as well as different like gurus who I've read about on Instagram, different platforms. The main reasonings for it is New Year's resolutions kind of set you up for like an all or nothing concept. And actually, a lot of this uh, ideology that is probably going to come through here in this episode is also coming from a book I've been listening to called Atomic Habits. It's a really, really popular book, like one of the number one rated personal development books called Atomic Habits. It's an amazing book and it actually is on Spotify. The entire thing is on Spotify for free. So I am all about listening to things all the time. I have my wireless earbuds. I literally listen to things like as soon as my kids are asleep and I'm cleaning the house, I'm listening. Or if my kids are napping, I'm listening. Or if I'm like trying to put a baby to sleep for the 17th time in the middle of the night, I literally have an earbud in my ear because listening to a podcast makes me so much happier than sitting there rocking my child and feeling like resentful of how exhausted I am. That's one of my little mom hacks for you. So this Atomic Habits book I've been reading has also been talking about, of course, habits, which is really the main thing behind New Year's resolutions, right? People are trying to create these new habits. So I seriously highly recommend that book. There's no excuse not to give it a listen since it's completely free on Spotify, again, called Atomic Habits. Um, the whole thing is like quite a few hours long, obviously, but just give it a little listen, see if you're interested. And what that book has already been teaching me is so much about how the teeny tiny habits make such a big difference. And if you go to their website, he has all these different graphics available. If you're more of a visual person to see how he's like, hey, if you get 1% better every day, like just 1%, 
1%. So maybe for me, a habit I'm trying to be better about is washing my face every night. Like for some reason, it just isn't happening. So maybe if I just start at least taking my makeup off, because I don't even do that. Oh, it sounds so terrible. If I do that for like a week straight, that gets me that much closer to being full on, like taking my makeup off, washing my face, doing my skincare. Like we have this all or nothing concept in our head when it comes to habits. And that's why we fail again and again and again. So this whole book talks about like, if you're getting 1% better every day, look at how much better you'll be at the end of a year. Likewise, if you're getting 1% worse every day, look at how much worse you'll be at the end of a year. It's really mind blowing. Like he has all these numbers crunched and all these studies done that you're just like, oh my goodness. It's really like, it's really a simple concept to figure out how to improve yourself. We just overcomplicate it. So one of the ways we overcomplicate this is through New Year's resolutions. People get carried away with their New Year's resolutions. You'll be like someone who eats terrible, never goes to the gym. Like you have all these terrible habits, right? Like say you eat terrible, you never go to the gym. Maybe you smoke a pack a day. Like you have all these crazy things. And your New Year's resolutions, you're like starting January 1st. I'll never smoke. I'll go to the gym twice a day. I'll eat nothing but vegetables. Like it's all these extreme things like, whoa, okay, what's your plan for actually accomplishing that? Like that looks great on paper, but how is that actually going to look in reality? It, like it's so far-fetched. I mean, it's great to, you know, have that idea, but there's a whole lot of like in-between actions that you're not even thinking about. There's that quote like, shoot for the moon, you'll land among the stars. And while that's a pretty quote and all, I think it's actually a little bit misleading with regards to goal setting. It's kind of like, well, no, because if you shoot for the moon and then you miss it, the way you're going to view that is like, well, I failed to hit my goal. And that's how so many people go about their New Year's resolutions is like, here's my resolution, cut and dry. You know, they say, make your goals specific, 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 specific. So people go and make their goals specific and they make them like really high, like really, you know, crazy, amazing goals. And then once January 1st rolls around, maybe they're good about it for like a week or two or three, maybe even the whole month. And then February rolls around and they start kind of slacking off. And then it's like, as soon as we're not consistently hitting that perfect little or major goal that we establish for ourselves, as soon as we're failing to meet that, we are so discouraged by the fact that we failed ourselves. Failing ourselves is like so much worse than failing someone else. Like disappointing ourselves is the worst feeling ever. It's awful. Like there's a reason we have this conscience and this whole like guilt feeling inside of us because it really doesn't feel good. And I'm not just I'm not just saying that from like a spiritual standpoint as far as having a conscience and all that and feeling, you know, obligated by God to be the best versions of ourselves, but I'm also saying it kind of from like a scientific standpoint where there's actually this whole like hormonal, you know, chain of command if you will about about habits. Like feeling feeling a cue of wanting to satisfy a certain craving in the book he explains it way better it's like cue craving satisfaction something else <laughs> and scientifically speaking like we go through this chemical process in our brain and it feels really good to satisfy that craving of whatever habit it was that we wanted to be better about 
Likewise, if we're failing to meet it, we're missing that, you know, little dopamine rush or whatever. And that really doesn't feel good. So not only does it not feel good to not eat good because it literally just upsets our stomach, but it also doesn't feel good because we're feeling like we've failed ourselves. And so when we're setting these New Year's resolutions that are like so, you know, unattainable, it's it's literally like worse than not even setting those resolutions at all. Because once we fail to meet them, we get so down on ourselves that we're just like, well, what's the point of trying? I'll just start eating junk food every day if I failed that one time. I literally feel like that's how people work. Because I know I've been there before where I used to be, oh my goodness, back in my pretty consistent gym days. I don't go to the gym at all. I don't have a gym membership. I try to work out at home. But back before kids, when I was going to the gym, like I would literally have one accidental like cheat meal. And then because of that cheat meal, I would be like, well, I guess I'm not going to the gym today because I'm just a big failure. And that doesn't make any sense. It's like, no, how about you go to the gym and cancel out those calories you just ate? Like that would be the logical thinking. But we get caught up in this emotional thinking pattern because of the whole, you know, chemical process in our brain. That's what it is. Those chemicals, those hormones, that's all emotions. We're so driven by all of that that instead of allowing that to consume us, we have to be more proactive and be like, okay, what would be a better way to go about goal setting so as not to set myself up for disappointment and failure and therefore completely like defeating the whole purpose of setting these resolutions. So the better approach is setting, it doesn't necessarily have to be a word of the year, but basically setting like a theme for yourself. So instead of saying, I'm going to go to the gym X amount of times a week and I'm going to eat blah, blah, blah each day, just saying like, I, you know, I am going to attain a much, much, much healthier lifestyle for myself this year because my kids deserve it and I deserve it. And, you know, my body is the temple of the Holy Ghost and, you know, all these different reasons, like maybe put down all the reasons why you need to be healthier, hang those all around the house where you're going to see them. But having the very specific, like, oh, I must go to the gym five times a week and just having that as your only resolution, not putting the why, not putting the overarching theme, but just putting the exact thing you're going to do is really setting yourself up for that disappointment. It's like, what if you go on a vacation one week and then you come home and you're like, well, I didn't go five days that week. So what's the point of continuing? Whereas if you have that overarching theme, you come home and you see those reminder notes and you're like, oh, yeah. You know, I'm really glad that I was able to enjoy my time off and that's okay that I was able to do that, but all the more so I need to get back into things. Just having that overarching theme for yourself really, really, really allows room for the human error that is bound to happen because it's okay to not be perfect and it's that whole, you know, 1% improvement, right, that the book talks about. It's like even if you're only improving a little bit each day, you're still improving and it's better than like going backwards. So I hope that kind of sets the tone for you on why specific themes can be a little bit detrimental to your, you know, self-improvement and why I think a word of the year is a really cool idea. And I don't necessarily think just setting a word of the year and leaving it at that is necessarily the way to go about it. What I have found is going to be very useful for me. And actually, as I'm sitting here saying this, I'm thinking I'm going to throw together uh, a printable download for you all to use. I think I'll link that in the show notes. So I'm going to create that 
And it's going to be something that I'm thinking is going to be really useful for me. And if you decide to do a word of the year as well, then this will totally help you as well. It's going to be blank for you to fill out with your word um, and your content. So my word of the year is going to be respect. And this is actually maybe a word that will totally work for you. Like give it some thought on if this is something you could apply to your life and your journey right now. But I'm going to give you a few different uh, examples and reasons for this. But make sure you give some time to your word. Like if, if a word came to you while listening to this, that might be a little soon. Like you definitely want to pray about this and really wait until you feel good about like, okay, yes, that is the word. Um, that I want to pick for the year. Or maybe it's like a phrase for you. It doesn't necessarily need to be just one word. For me, this actually came to me when I was attending Midnight Mass. So I was like, okay, yes, this is this would be the time that God would reveal this word to me. And it is definitely not a word that I was expecting. I was expecting like, I don't really know what I was expecting. Maybe like embrace, you know, something like to embrace this change in my in my business, grace and gratitude going from what it was to now being fully like specific Catholic content. All these different words that had crossed my mind. It was none of those. It is literally respect. And I was like, okay, how how do you mean God? Like, what do you mean respect? And I started thinking of the different areas of my life that are important to me. Obviously, my relationship with God my marriage, my motherhood journey, my friends and family, my, you know, homemaking, like my making my house into a home. That's something that I'm always trying to be better about. And lastly, my business. And I was thinking, I was like, wow. So my relationship with God, like if I, if I think about that as having more respect for God, that seriously trickles through to everything, like having more respect for the time he has given me, having more respect for the children he has given me, having more respect for the resources he has given me, having more respect for the talents he has given me, like with regards to my business and not wasting time because he has given me these things for a reason and having more respect for this faith that he has given me, the Catholic faith that he has given me didn't seem very respectful to be going about grace and gratitude in the way that I was. If you listened to the very previous episode to this about how I changed my whole grace and gratitude from like faith-based to now fully traditional Catholic, that is a that is an action reflecting that respect for Catholicism that I have. I think I think it was not very respectful to sit there and act like I wasn't Catholic or to be hiding stuff that would that would uh you know show that I was Catholic like all these weird things you'll you'll have to listen to the previous episode if you didn't already but I just couldn't believe how the word respect was like underlying everything so that kind of covers how it relates to you know God and my faith and my prayer life having respect for all the different things that I want to learn more about, having respect for our Blessed Mother by praying my rosary every day, having respect to the saints by reading up on them every day, having respect for, you know, whatever it is I'm wanting to be better about with regards to my prayer life. And then secondly, marriage. So having respect for my husband is is always something I'm trying to improve on. I am a very dominating personality and I'm really, really, really always trying to be better about 
just being more respectful, being having the utmost respect, not saying things that don't need to be said just because it crosses my mind. Just things like that where I'm like, okay, if I make this literally an overarching theme of the entire year, that's a pretty good reminder every day to be like, hey, be respectful, be respectful, be respectful. Like if I just stick that on a post and know everywhere, I can't go wrong, right? <laughs> so that is kind of pretty cut and dry on how it could relate to marriage. And then thirdly, how it relates to motherhood is actually respecting my kids. And lately, like in the last few months, I've had quite a handful of rough days and I get a little more frustrated with my kids than I ever like ever imagined I would and it's something that really 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 does not sit well with me like if I get frustrated with one of them I seriously feel so guilty about it and so resentful to myself that I that I got that way and I'm sure a lot of us have this struggle like I'm not saying like I scream and yell at my kids all the time but I definitely have had moments where it's like I've said something 14 million times and by the 14 million then first time I just get a little bit frustrated (laughs) and I think if I go about my approach with my relationship with them as having respect for them then that will that will hopefully change a lot of that. So actually, an exact example, literally right before recording this episode, I was finally downstairs, ready to record, kids are asleep, like the house is quiet, ready to go, and my toddler woke up screaming uh, with her. She has these really awful growing pains that she gets, and my toddler and my baby, my three and one-year-old, they're in the same room, so like once she's screaming, I kind of have to like beeline it and like get her out of there before she wakes the baby up and she actually already did so he was kind of fussing but luckily he went right back to sleep so I took her out of there brought her to my bedroom to start doing her her little massage routine that I have and fortunately I have finally found something that works great I have like a lotion a magnesium spray and a lavender oil that I use that works really good but it still takes some time and during the time that she's still crying from it I I tend to get really like aggravated and I feel so bad admitting that I think it's because she's like still half asleep so her cry is really just like such a whine and I get like annoyed by it which is so terrible because she's in so much pain like these growing pains are really painful for her but it's always like the worst timing you know like I was about to record the episode and then that happened and instead of being in a mindset of like oh I'm so glad I get to be here to help her as her mother I get in this weird resentful mindset and I I feel so bad about it but as I was sitting there feeling a little, you know, mixed emotions, I I remembered my word respect. And I was like, hey, having the utmost respect for her, I would be like, you bet I'm going to massage your legs here with this little concoction for however long it takes. And suddenly it was like a weight off my shoulders that I just was like, okay, I, I am honored to do this. I am absolutely honored to do this. It was seriously a beautiful moment. And I'm so eager to see how that word respect is going to help me in so many different mom moments to come. So that's how it relates to motherhood. And then fourthly, I think I had said would be friends and family. That's kind of a given how that would relate to that. Like just being better in general. I think us as women tend to still have some maybe kind of gossipy tendencies, like things that maybe don't need to be said or even judgments that maybe we don't even share with anyone, but we just think it in our own minds. Those are things that are like maybe not like 
gravely wrong, but still things that could probably be improved upon. And again, I think the word respect is something that would be very helpful as an underlying theme to just remember as far as just being more charitable to people thinking about them with the utmost respect. And then fourthly, am I on four? Fifthly, household. So having respect for my home, like honestly, there are some areas that I have been kind of struggling with as far as like organization and cleanliness. And I don't think it's so much a matter of a lack of time, although us as mothers tend to always want to blame a lack of time. I think it's just a lack of discipline. And this upcoming year, I want to be so much better about that. I look at these different areas and I'm like, that is not an accurate reflection of who I am. Like that area over there is such a disaster and it has been for a whole year that there's no reason I can't, you know, make it a complete thing to be done with that by the end of, you know, February or whatever it is. And again, I know that's like a specific goal that I mentioned earlier not to set, but it's having the overarching theme of respect and then having the different areas that you're going to apply respect to. And then within those areas, this will make more sense when you look at the printable that I'm already designing in my head. Within those different areas, you have different examples. So, you know, the area of motherhood having more respect, an example would be not getting frustrated with my kids. Another example would be spending more quality one-on-one time with them. Another example would be putting more time and effort into creating like good wholesome meals for them. So those are different ways that you can, you know, be a better mother. And the overarching theme for that is having more respect for your children because they are a gift from God to you. So back to the household is just having more respect for your role as a housewife or a homemaker. There's different things that I want to learn how to make from scratch. I just got a really cool KitchenAid mixer for Christmas that I am super excited to put to use making like homemade bread and homemade pizza dough and all kinds of muffins and all these things that I'm just like, I know I should be making more from scratch than I currently am. Right now I make hardly anything from scratch. That's kind of embarrassing to admit. That's not one of my area, not one of my fortes right now. So that is something that I want to be better about. And instead of setting like a specific goal, I've been kind of seeing like an Instagram trend of like each month they're going to be better at this, this, and this. And I hope the best for them. I sincerely do. But I don't want to set something that specific for myself. Instead, I want to set the overarching theme. And then, you know, every day I'll kind of check in like, okay, how am I doing on these different areas? So those are my examples for homemaking. And then the last example was my business. And most likely not all of you listening are business owners, but maybe it's something that has crossed your mind. Like, hey, the economy is getting a little bit crazy and surviving off of one income is becoming more and more difficult. So if you are a stay-at-home mom, or maybe you're not a stay-at-home mom and you wanna be a stay-at-home mom, it's kind of like almost necessary these days to add a stream of income. So if that is something that you are feeling compelled, like, okay, I need to have more respect for my myself, my free time, and put it towards something more useful or something like that, or more respect to my family by putting my talents to use on creating an additional stream of income because I know I'm capable because God gave me these talents or whatever it is. If you... I don't know why I have like such a heart for this, but if you have ever been like, I want to make money from home, I just don't know how, or I have all these ideas, I just need to bounce them off of someone. 
I am like your girl. I am totally not like a licensed business coach or anything, but for some reason, it just gets me so giddy to hear someone like talking about that sort of thing. I have so many friends who I've been like, oh, you want to do what? And they're like, whoa, what? And we just start talking about it. And then they have so much clarity, like walking out of it. So that is totally not what I have ever been like tagline under grace and gratitude. Like, oh, business coach. I'm totally not, totally not. But it does make me really, really, really excited to just like help moms kind of have that conversation to figure out if there is a way that they can make money from home. Um, I've tried like a million things, okay? I've tried way too many things. Well, not way too many because they all led me here. Like it's it's amazing to look back at the journey that God sent me on. But seriously, like I've done Uber driving. I've done DoorDash. I've done photography. I've done nannying. I still do nannying. I've done multiple different network marketings. One of them was so-so. One of them I seriously love. All these different things. And for some reason, it just like really excites me to talk to moms about that. A, because it's just fun to like have something for you. And in most cases, it kind of adds like a community of adults instead of just interacting with your kids all day. Our kids are wonderful and beautiful, but having that like adult interaction is seriously so valuable. And secondly, because it's really nice to be able to figure out a way to be able to stay home with your kids, whether you already do or maybe you're at work and you want to find something to bring you home, which is like incredibly valuable, right? So that was kind of the fifth, sixth Let's see. Number one was having more respect for God. Number two, more respect in your marriage. Number three, more respect in motherhood. Number four, more respect for friends and family. Number five, more respect for your home. Really, home should be before friends and family because that's just really important. And then sixth was business, if that is something that applies to you. Now, the order of those actually is a little bit inspired from the book, A Mother's Rule of Life, which more to come on that because I think there are some really, really, really exciting things I plan on doing in my Facebook group about helping moms prioritize those five things. So she actually has it listed as five things in the book because friends and family was not one of them. (laughs) So the five priorities she lists in the book, she's a Catholic author, is number one, God in your prayer life. Number two, your spouse. Number three, your kids. Number four, oops, I messed that up. Number one is God. Number two is you. I can't believe I didn't mention that in my examples of having more respect. So yes, absolutely, you need more respect for yourself, self-care, things you know will fill you up, all that stuff. So number one, God, number two, you, number three, your spouse, number four, your kids, and number five, your house slash work. She had worded it as like, if you're a homemaker and you do not work outside the home, that would be number five for you. If you do also work outside the home, then it would be both, like homemaking slash work. So for me, I view that as homemaking slash my business. So that is a really cool book to look into one day, but I have some seriously exciting plans for 2022 on how to incorporate those five priorities into your day and kind of a whole like morning routine book that I'm reformatting to be specifically for Catholics and having those five priorities in mind. So I know that was a lot of information in one episode, but I really, really, really hope this inspires you to think differently about your New Year's resolutions. Again, whether you're listening to this before the New Year or after, it doesn't matter when you set this, it's seriously fine. And considering doing a word of the year instead of resolutions. And again, when you look at the printable, you'll see how I have this idea, but it's like choosing your word 
and then choosing five, maybe I'll put six spots. I think I'll put five. Five is just a good number. Putting five areas on how you're going to apply that word of the year. So for me, you know, it would be those examples I just went over. For you, it might also be those examples, even if you have a different word of the year. I feel like it could probably apply no matter what. Or for you, maybe it'll totally look different, just depending on what you're going through in life right now. And then under those different areas will be like a few bullet points for examples. So I think part of the download, I'll probably do a blank version and then also like an example filled out version so you can see what I mean. So I hope that is going to be helpful for you. Um, I can't wait to hear back about what people are going to choose for their word of the year and if they get their worksheet filled out. I would love to see some of those in the Facebook group. Um, If you're not already part of the Facebook group, it is always linked in the show notes. And I really, really hope that this episode helped you. And again, if you didn't listen to the previous episode about uh, kind of my change of direction with this whole grace and gratitude, make sure you pop on backwards to that. And without further ado, I wish you all a very, very, very happy new year, a merry late Christmas, since I guess I actually haven't said that yet. And seriously, just wishing you all the best blessings for the new year. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy mom life and tuning into this episode. If this resonated with you, I would appreciate a review on the Apple Podcast app, as well as just sharing it with a friend, someone else who might find my message helpful. I'm praying for you, my friends. Keep letting your light shine. Till next time, God bless you.